you know, I think that David is still really enjoying his new soundboard. 100%. 100%. Like, I think, I, love it. I think he's in love with that thing. And honestly, I would be too. Like, it's fancy. It's mm-hmm. got all those, like, pretty colors and stuff. It's elegant. Yeah. And, like, it has a noise gate on it, so, like, I don't have to hear a bunch of chord noise. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, guys, this is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. I'm your host, Dalton Locke. And I'm here with David Overstreet. Hello. Whitney Michaela Williamson. Hey. And Corian Thorpe. Hey, guys. I don't know your middle name. What is your middle name, Cor- Corian? <laughs> it's Anne. Wait. I thought it was. I thought <laughs> your first name was Corey Ann. Ooh. I thought no. it was. I thought it was like one word, Corey yeah, Ann. No, my first name is Corey. Middle name is Anne. What? But I just. I've been going by Corey Ann. Nice. I had no idea. Yeah. She, can, she threw us for a loop, bro. Oh yeah. I mean, just absolutely bewildered. <laughs> and we have Cooper with us, too. Bamboozled. Cooper? Cooper, were you bamboozled? What's Cooper's middle name? I think <laughs> it's James, I think. Cooper James. Cooper James. My mom decided that it was Cooper Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper Brown over the street. <laughs> Ugly Brown. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. There's not much to do with that middle name. Yep. Because when, when Overstreet follows it, like when the vet gave me his like report back, it said Cooper Overstreet. I almost vomited. I was like, that's what someone <laughs> else's name looks like before the word Overstreet? Mm. That's hideous. <laughs> no name sounds good after Overstreet. I think, I think Cooper Brown Overstreet. Overstreet flows better, though. Cooper Brown Overstreet. <laughs> All I'm hearing is Brown Overstreet. <laughs> or Cooper James Overstreet. That doesn't sound bad either. Doesn't sound bad. He's got that. two first names, though. I think my 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 sister, my mom picked the only other name that goes with Overstreet, which is Cassie. Hmm. So, interesting. Yeah. It could be Cooper Bridge Overstreet. <laughs> Cooper Bridge? Overstreet. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Bridge Overstreet. <laughs> Took me a second. Good job, Whittle. That was very witty. Um, I, I still laugh at the fact that your father's name is Lee and your mother's name is Lisa. Why do you laugh at that fact? Because it, because it's like, a, it sounds like okay, you think of Herod, mm-hmm. and then his wife's name is Herodias. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like too close. You're like. It's like so close, is, but it wasn't like intentional. It just happened that way. Isn't your mom's name Mally? Melinda, if, like legally. Okay. Your mom told me to call her Mally one time. Yes, like she that's what she goes by. Okay, I was like, I was really confused. But that's yeah. not, wouldn't it be Millie if it's Melinda? No, because it's spelled with an M-A instead of M-E. Okay, so it's Ma- Malinda. Yeah. Malinda. Or if you're in the South, Melinda. Melinda. <laughs> Melinda yeah. Pencil. So I have a question. I was um, I was listening to a podcast the other day. And this guy was, coincidentally, like, they were just talking about Harry Potter. I wasn't listening to a podcast about Harry Potter, but they were talking about Harry Potter. Just got to get that out the way. Um, But this guy is discussing a scene where Hermione Granger, like, goes to punch uh, Draco Malfoy. Mm -hmm. Or, no, I have the wrong scene in mind. No, um, Draco Malfoy is, like, messing with Harry. And so Ron comes up behind Harry and like, you know, holds him back and as they're like about to fight or something. And the guy that was like talking about this, he was like, they don't know how to fight whatsoever. 
Mm-hmm. Like you never hold your guy back. You hold the other guy back. Because right. if you hold your guy back, then the other guy has a chance to swing and hit your friend. Mm. Um, and so I just want to ask you guys, like, did that seem like common knowledge? It, like, if you've ever get in a fight, like, would you go to hold the other person back or would you instinctively, like, hold your f- friend back? I feel like if you tried to hold the other person back, they would smack you. Don't you think? I mean, maybe. Because, like, your friends are the person they're trying to beat up, so yeah, they would beat you up. I guess I've never been in a situation where people have gotten in a fight and it's been just me trying to break them up. I've just always pictured like, oh, there's more people there to break both people up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. Yeah. But that would be more like encouraging the fight, right? Because if you're holding the other person back, your friend's still going to swing. Right. Perhaps. <laughs> But if you hold your friend back, that gives the other person a chance to hit your friend. And, and then you've, like, enabled your friend to be, like, assaulted. I guess you have to rely on the other person's friend to hold them back well, and hold your friend. I also think the the whole idea is, like, in that scene, it's, like, Malfoy's trying to provoke but not fist fight. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, he's just yeah. trying to attack with words. Yeah, but Harry is like, ready to get physical in that scene. No, but I'm saying Malfoy isn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So he doesn't come in with the intention of, I'm going to punch you. It's more like, I'm going to like hit you with words. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, it just got me thinking, because I've I've never been in a situation like that either. Like, I've never been in a physical fight. Um, And I didn't realize that there was like proper etiquette for fighting. (laughs) Oh, I mean, that's interesting to think about. Yeah. For sure. Have any of y'all ever been in a fight? Yes. No. No, Mm-mm. I really, I mean, I really feel like Whitney would have been. Me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always just been very kind and reserved. Kind and reserved. Kind of <laughs> reserved. Kind of reserved. So not more reserved. More snarky <laughs> than reserved. Kind of reserved. You know, me and, um, I think there maybe have been two times I've ever hit somebody. One time my neighbor and I were hanging out and she Long story short, she smacked me on the top of the head with her notebook and said, no, Whitney, and I hit her in the face. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what I would expect you to do. (laughs) Well, we were were very young. We have been friends since we were like five, so we had Uh to be under the age of 10, surely. Um, But it made me mad because at that time, you know, we were kids. She treated me that way, Mm -hmm. and I did hit her a few times, and I was like, don't talk to me that way. And the other time, one of my stepbrothers cheated at football, he was like the one that was my age mm-hmm. and he made up the rules so he could win. And she's still angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but anyway, me and um, his brother, that's two years younger than us. Me and him were like, uh, you're cheating. We're not going for this. And he smarted off to me and me and him started fighting in the <laughs> yard. And then our stepdad, which is their dad came out and we were more scared of him. So we stopped fighting cause mm. we paddle us for fighting. Gotcha. Okay, it's a theoretical situation. Let's say a cupcake hits you in the face. <laughs> I was going to take it there. <laughs> what do you do? I was like, I've definitely seen you like hit somebody with a cupcake before, though. Okay, then there's three <laughs> times. A couple years ago at a 4th of July get-together, Dalton came up behind me, and he didn't just like rub icing on my face. He smeared a cupcake in my eyeball, and it really, really hurt. And so I took three or four cupcakes Guilty and went back and hit him in the face with them. Three or four? <laughs> I didn't know about the other three. Oh, yeah, she just started, like, it was, like, an assault rifle. 
Well, I think <laughs> I walked up to you with two and hit you in the face, and then I sat back down, and I was still mad, so I came back with a few more. Yeah. yeah. I'll never forget that time that Eric accidentally threw a Frisbee at you and hit you in the face, and you didn't speak for, like, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and we were worried. We were like, what's happening right now? But... <laughs> That happens to me, too. This is one of the beautiful fruits of the Spirit mm. called self-control. Right. And in that moment That's with our, doing. our good friend Eric, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have anything life-giving to say, don't say it at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, what is, what's your fight story? You said you have been in a fight. Oh, they're just just normal fights like some for something stupid. Like, I had a fight one time. It was so dumb. I don't even remember what initiated it, but we did the whole nine yards. We went out behind the school. <laughs> Meet me up back <laughs> at right. three o'clock. And I remember this dude was actually like a black belt. Oh my gosh. And like, he was like, like the first punch that I threw because it, we did that whole, like we stand across from each other and like banter. Mm-hmm. Like you do it. No, you go. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like really awkward. It's like the most awkward, almost like, anyways. So I threw the first punch and then I remember this dude ducked so swiftly under it. <laughs> and at that moment I was like, Oh no, here we go. He was really short though. So I would call it a tie. Mm. He had like the tiny fists of fury, but <laughs> like I, I had him pinned down pretty well at one point. And yeah. then it was actually kind of bad because my, at the time, my mom was working. Mm-hmm. It was a Christian middle school, and it was zero tolerance for fighting. Yeah, my mom worked there, and all of a sudden, like ten teachers burst out of the middle school, running towards us, <laughs> and there and it's just a whole ordeal. Thankfully, my mom didn't get fired or anything, but it was this whole thing. We had to like apologize to one another it was not <laughs> like it's glamorous it's not like a bar fight it was just yeah. stupid like yeah the closest yeah. that i ever got into like to being in a fight was uh in middle school as well we were just like sitting in gym class i don't know why we were having to sit down on the gym floor or anything but mm-hmm. uh for some reason we were and you know we like growing up in middle school we had those like badges that we had to have that like said who you were mm-hmm. and stuff and um, there was just, like, one guy, and he, like, was sitting behind me, and he, like, kept trying to, like, take my badge off of my lanyard. And it's, like, five bucks to replace those. And so I'm, like, not cool. don't do that. <laughs> like, and, Did you not? And I'm, like, so he keeps doing it, and I look back at him, and I'm just, like, can you, like, not do that? And he just, like, slaps me in the face. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a response. And like I'm about to like react and then instantly the gym teacher is just over there and yeah. it's like both of you go to the office and I'm somehow like, it always goes like what? that. It's just before the real fighting begins, just teachers are there. Yeah. Six cents. Mm. Thank God for Also teachers. before I fight you, can you fix your shirt sleeve? <laughs> uh. I've been like looking at it the whole time, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Corianne. Didn't mean to uh, <laughs> get you all riled up. Riled up. Riled up. Riled up. Have you ever gotten in a fight, Corianne? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. No, I haven't. You're about to start getting in a lot. She's going to be. It's going to be hanging out with you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we talk about your popo news? Yeah, sure. Oh, wait, let me rephrase that popo. joke. Let me rephrase that joke. I'm like, that's offensive. Hold up, hold up, we go. No, actually, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. You've you've passed your physical test and 
an in interview the, in the written test yeah in the written test yeah. to be a cop to be a cop we that didn't preface so awesome. it with that first yeah <laughs> people are like what's going on <laughs> this roller skate girl again <laughs> is this roller skating cop <laughs> rolling down the street in my rav yeah. for turning on my sirens i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome though congratulations thanks we'll yeah. we'll see how it goes making news well, guys, um, in light of Corianne becoming a guard oh, no. of sorts, <laughs> we're going to be talking about guarding our hearts. <laughs> Look at that transition. <laughs> Cheesy, wonderful. corny. It's wonderful. Uh, yeah, so this week we are talking about guarding our heart um, in light of the next two episodes that we're going to have, which are about heart surgery not actual yeah. physical heart surgery but spiritual heart surgery but anyway to preface it that we are going to talk about guarding our hearts and stewarding what comes in what goes out such things as that um, i would like to read a verse to you really quick this is jeremiah 17 9 through 10 ah, uh, yes the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Um, in the theology that I most adhere to, most of your salvation depends on your heart posture and most of like just what comes out of this life and how God honors you and... Um, loves you it, it's all it depends a lot on your heart posture and i think that this verse really represents that well um the lord knows your heart better than you do stuff like that um but let's get into it like uh what does guarding our hearts look like does anybody have an answer i think um you kind of touched on it but it's it's like being careful what you let in mm-hmm like what you spend your time doing, what you let in emotionally. Yeah. I think um to me there there's a happy medium between no one can understand like God is the only one who knows your heart. But having that mentality of no one can understand, no one can sympathize. Um no one's advice can can help. Having a happy medium between that on one side and then just taking everything everyone says as truth. Mm-hmm. Like, there is definitely a place where you can... And when you start, I mean, you'll learn that discernment, but there's a place where you can get there that I think <clears throat> everyone should be able to get to in their young adult life. I think college kind of helps you with that, honestly. I know we're talking about guarding our hearts about spiritual things, but um, just kind of talking more broadly about, like, ideological things. Like, you go into college. College, I've heard the first, one of the first classes that I had was university, and the first slides that I saw, ironically, said this. You don't go to college to learn really what to think. You learn how to think. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, I mean... Not everybody goes to college, and you can learn that in other ways, obviously. But in college, I, I learned to listen to other people's points of view, 
hold off my emotions and and then share my point of view and then we can talk about it, like compromise. And I think that that kind of goes along with what we're talking about, like just having the ability to discern and listen and take in as well as offer your input. Yeah. Yeah, because guarding your heart doesn't mean that you don't let anything in. Absolutely. It just means that you steward what comes in. Right. And uh, like if it's like, uh, no, that doesn't check out, then you're like, like a gatekeeper, you, you're like you turn the, you turn that thought away, right. or if it if it checks out and you want to uh, build on that thought, then you let it in and you keep like close watch on it, right? Um, but you don't just keep everything out and you don't keep everything in, right? Um, yeah. I think that's a really good illustration of what guarding your heart looks like. Um, kind of goes along. One of my favorite one of my favorite quotes is from an MGMT song, and it says, "Control yourself. Take only what you need from it." I feel like that's kind of like guarding your heart. Like yeah. you only take or let in like the part of it that kind of filters through the Bible. Right. That mm. profit you. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about that advice a little bit more because here in Christianity and of course in any situation, people are quick to give advice when they don't really know much about your situation or they only know what is like face value. Um and I'm just going to wait. <laughs> it was like, you're taking away my. He's like, Dad, I'm doing my job. Sit. Sit. Lay down. <laughs> um. So I just want to take a minute to talk about that advice part, um, taking in advice, giving advice, stuff like that. Um, people are quick to give advice when they don't know the whole situation, especially in Christianity. They just want to throw a verse at you, like some random verse that they think is encouraging, and it can actually be really harmful if they don't know what your situation is, what you're going through personally. Right. Um, so let's talk about, giving advice and then also like who you take advice from. Okay. Uh, just a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> um, one thing that I want to throw out there is that um, it's good to be encouraged by the church, but it's also better to have that small group of people that know exactly what you're going through and they can be the ones that really speak into your life mm-hmm. rather than just the whole church. Do you, what do y'all think as far as that? Yeah, I would agree with that. I th- I think it kind of goes along the lines with a lot of people who are going through something, if they're actually going through it, they don't want a lot of people hovering around them about mm-hmm. it. Um, and how you approach the advice you give is just as important as the advice you give. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know, someone who's lost a loved one. You know, I always hear, like, people say... You know, I'm tired of people saying they're sorry. I'm tired of people saying that their thoughts and prayers are with me when they're probably not praying for me. Or, you know, obviously I've I've had a lot of experiences with some people who are very, have an outlook on life that may be a little bit more pessimistic. But I think that uh, there's an element of it that's true. Like, nope. <laughs> 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 Oops. <laughs> um <laughs> Anyways, 
Barbie dream house. But yeah, I think there's an element of that that's true. Like you, you find a way and everyone's different. Everyone has a different ways of dealing with their traumas, their, their situations, their faith. But I know for me, an approach that, that I like is intimate, like friendships with people you trust, because without trust with, with the people that's giving you advice, Mm -hmm. the advice doesn't really hold a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Like, not to say that a pastor that you go to can't give you advice, but I'm saying that people who care about you and know you and you trust have much more of an influence when it comes to that. Right. And I'd say that's part of guarding your heart too, is being selective of who you tell certain things to. Right. Well, I was going to say back to backing it up just a little bit. Like, how do things get in your heart in the first place? And that comes from your time, your treasure, and your talents. Where are you putting those things? Where are you spending those things? What are you allowing to come in? Um, what are you looking at? What are you putting in your ears? Like, what are you stewarding your life with that is influencing your heart that maybe you don't even realize is influencing your heart? Um, coming back to having those close relationships, you know, it talks about in the New Testament, don't forsake the assembly, like, of assembling together. So we're all part of the body. We all have an important role to play, but we do have those closer inner relationships that come in and we allow to speak into our life and we speak into their life. Um, And that also comes from where you spend your time. Those -hmm. relationships, you know, you have to develop those and get to that place with people and use discernment to see what fruits in their life. If you're going to have that, that opening with them to allow that conversation to happen. Um, But I mean, Jesus, he, he did that. He went to the Father, and the Father poured into him. Mm-hmm. You know, he had his three that he went to that was a reciprocating relationship, but then he had the crowds, and he didn't receive from them. He just poured out to them. And so there are different types of relationships. There can be just a few close, tight-knit ones. There can be some that just pour into you. There can be some that just you pour out. But you do have to be discerning, and you do have to be um, in step with the Holy Spirit and using wisdom when you're selecting these people. Yeah. Because have you guys ever heard the saying, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Either you're influencing or you're being influenced, no matter what kind of sphere or room that you're in. Um, and so. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he could do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not trying to play. Like, he's prancing away like he's so proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. It's all good. So you have those people that you're influencing or they're influencing you. And usually that's how it goes, whether you're being, you know, mentally aware of it or not. Either you're rubbing off on somebody or they're rubbing off on you. Um, 
Pastor Bill said it like this one time. He was like, somebody named to me the last five sermons that I preached. You know, guys, I have pretty good memory. So I was like, okay, I got you, Pastor Bill. What's up? And so I was like counting and trying to name it. And I got like, I couldn't remember past like the last two. (laughs) And he was like, guys, he's like, I don't even know if I remember the last five sermons I preached. He was like, but you remember the last five people that positively or negatively have impacted your life. And that's why small groups are important. That's why the context of relationships and who you hang around is so important because you grow whenever you're in relationship with others. And so I think relationships is um, a really good way to help guard your heart. We are the steward of our heart. We control what goes in, what comes out. However, I think having those relationships kind of like to help set boundaries, to help set that accountability helps us to even be a better steward of our heart and guarding what God has given us. I find that like often friendships without accountability don't survive. Like all my friends that I made like in high school, gone. Even like the few that I made in college, gone. Like, but you know, it's without accountability. It's like, that also goes along with that respect. You know, it's like, who do you want to keep around? Well, if you don't respect someone, you're not really going to keep them around. But if you know that they're benefiting your life in a positive way, you're going to want to keep that person around. Yeah. Just human nature. Yeah. Um, so I want to read another verse real quick. <clears throat> uh, this is Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. It says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Um, So Whitney kind of... uh, prefaced this with what she was saying right before she talked about advice um, and those relationships. Uh, it's about like what's going into your heart uh, and what's coming out of it. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, keeping your mouth fr- free of perversity, keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Um, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Uh those are like two lines that really stick out to me in this. And I really, when I read this, I picture, um, this is more than likely a proverb that saw that Solomon told one of his children. Um, but when I read it, I really picture God speaking it to me because he's my heavenly father. Right. Um, so what are some way, what are some implications that you think are coming from this passage? as far as like paths for your feet, like what's the metaphor there or what's the implication of keep corrupt talk from your lips? Um, Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with like just activities that you partake in. Mm -hmm. So like where your feet are taking you basically. So like what, what you're involved in. And then, I mean, it has to do a lot with your company too, because people you hang out with, how they talk, what they talk about is going to influence you or affect you in some way. So Mm -hmm. you need to be very vigilant about, I mean, obviously we're called to witness to people that don't know the truth, but you have to be careful and really make sure you're guarding your heart when you're 
in those situations and making sure you're not involving yourself in whatever they're doing, whether it's gossiping or just doing things that aren't righteous. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that it's saying that it's e- you need to guard your heart, but it's easier to guard your heart if you don't do these things. Mm-hmm. Because if people see that you're not, you know, talking, saying bad jokes or like making a bad example and not imitating Christ, like they're going to play into that. And then that influence is going to grow. Um, so just kind of like guarding your heart and not doing these things so that guarding your heart can be a little easier as far as the way you portray yourself to others. Mm-hmm. Because I know from experience like that if you see somebody who has a strong connection to their faith, you're not going to even go ask that person, hey, we should go do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's a bad thing, like, if you want to go, hey, let's go get drunk. Like, you're not going to go up to somebody. Several people, I know for sure, like, at work, like, refrain from asking certain people to go out. Um, I have fallen into that category. (laughs) Like, after (laughs) work, like, to go somewhere and get trashed or whatever. Like, it's, if you kind of even put off that you you have faith it's like people don't want to disrespect that but they also like i think that's kind of what it's hitting at like if you guard your heart it makes it easier to fend off that mm. in the long run yeah totally but that's my take on it yeah it reminds me um it talks about not letting your feet go to the left or the right and it just reminds me of the scripture that says your word is a light into my feet and a lamp into my path and the first foundation of guarding your heart is going to be for you to know the word of God because right. that needs to be the lens that you filter and that is at your gate. Yeah, because it, it starts out saying, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Yeah. So it's it's knowing the word of God to start. You're not going to be able to guard your heart in your own strength. And I think that's where a lot of people miss it is they don't get in the word the way that they need to and they try to guard their heart and they end up coming short and going the opposite direction of where God would have them go because they don't have that foundation of the word. Mm-hmm. So the word needs to be the first thing because it says it's truth. Yeah. You know, and, and it, go ahead. I lost my thought. Did you? Yeah, I can't. Sorry. Uh, it's fine. Um, it, and that's why I believe that as Protestants, we believe so heavily in the fact that the word is divinely inspired. Mm-hmm that it is God's word and that it is the standard that you there's, there's a movement going on these days where people are like, no, nah, it's not divinely inspired. It's corrupted. It's messed outdated. up here and there outdated, all this stuff. And it's like, I get that some of it's hard to swallow, but, and I get that it really seems like it contradicts itself from here to there sometimes, but, Really, it's our interpretation that is contradicting the truth of Scripture. So we really need to seek to understand it first, and then it has to be the standard for our lives because it is our truth. Mm -hmm. And if we claim it to be our truth, but then we go off and 
believe all these other quote unquote truths that the world has, then we're not um, giving careful thought to the paths of our feet. We're just blowing any way the wind blows. Well, it says like, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Mm -hmm. And where there is light, there can be no darkness. So the truth of the word of God is light. And whenever it exposes darkness, it says darkness cannot understand it. So that's where people not understanding where it's coming from comes from. But Mm -hmm. the more that you fall in love with the word and the more that you spend time and you dwell there and you ask Holy Spirit for interpretation of the word, the more revelation that you have and the more that it becomes love to you and it's not just a law to you. People that read it without the spirit, that's a law to them. Mm -hmm. People that read it with the spirit, it's love to them and it's life abundantly. And so it comes to knowing the word and having that relationship with the Holy Spirit because like I said, you can't guard your heart in your own strength. Like you just can't, we're not meant to. And a lot of people take guarding their heart as, um, well, I'm just not going to let anybody see my heart. I'm just going to hide it. But whenever you go over to the new Testament and it talks about the parable of the talents, it talks about the servant that hid theirs. And he said, you're a wicked servant. And then the other two invested and it produced fruit, but that required them having to be a good steward of it. We have to do that same thing with our heart. We can't hide from letting things in Mm -hmm. and we can't hide ourselves from what God has for us. And I think a lot of people do that. They think that guarding their heart is just hiding themselves. Mm -hmm. You should be hidden in the presence of God, but you shouldn't hide yourself. The world needs to see your fruit. Mm -hmm. They need light in those dark places. Um, But the, the, how things get into your heart is through your mind. And that's why I said, start with the word because you need the word to be the filter in which your mind goes to. That needs to be your natural thought pattern. But in Romans 12 too, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so we have to get our mind right before we're ever going to be able to guard our heart correctly. Mm -hmm. If you don't renew this, you can forget about this. And so we, we have to be intentional. We have to, to think about what we're thinking about. If you really want to guard your heart, you have to start with your mind. Where's your mind going when things happen? Is it running off? Is it going back to an old way of thinking? Is it going back to the way that you used to live? Or is it going and, and it, it's like, no, Lord, you said that, that you protect me, that I'm hidden in the shadow of your wing. Mm-hmm. So kind of to figure out how much more you need the word is where does your mind go whenever circumstances happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One last thing that I want to uh, get into is why is it important to guard our hearts in the sense of is it just for our benefit that we guard our hearts? Like is, I'm mm-hmm. asking. I I don't think so. Um because, I mean, kind of going off what I was saying earlier, like how you imitate Christ and how you guard your heart, like encourages other people yeah. to do the same. Um, so, no, I don't think it's it's just for us. I think it's, it's more importantly for others. Yeah. It, yeah, it's so that we can witness Christ and reflect Christ as we should. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because like the how you guard mm-hmm. your heart is going to affect your relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. which then will affect your relationship with other people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's where keep your mouth free of perversity, keep corrupt talk far from your lips. That's where that really sticks out to me, uh, because immediately after it says, "Let your eyes look straight straight ahead." 
fix your gaze directly before you. And it's like, okay, so we're not actually talking about walking on a path here. We're talking about your determination towards your goal, like your goal. And what is your goal? Your goal is to share Christ. That is the Great Commission. That is our goal. That is our responsibility as Christians. And so keeping our our eyes straight forward and fixing our gaze before us, that's like you should be first and foremost determined to share the gospel. And so if you're going to do that, then you have to keep corrupt talk off of like far from your lips. Mm -hmm. And corrupt talk doesn't just mean obscene language or cur- like cursing or dirty jokes or anything like that. It's anything that doesn't give life. Yeah. Um, so I was talking in a group of men about homosexuality one day. And this one guy, he basically said, uh, well, <clears throat> there was this one guy who is a part of the progressive movement. And so he was saying, like, what, what does it matter who you love? Like, it doesn't. Like, you just love who you love and love Christ. Uh, And he was, like, saying that, like, in the context of a lesbian. Um, And this other guy comes in, and this is exactly what he says. He says, this guy, period, as in, like, mocking him. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I believe that all lesbians are is just a scorned woman that's been burned by one too many times by a man. And then all these guys were, like, jumping into it, and they're like, amen to that and this stuff. And I just, I had to, like, gently rebuke this guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, first of all, no, that's not why this person is a lesbian. Second of all, let, let me go back to that. Um, the culture that we've been raised in has taught people that they can love who they can, who they want to love. And so, no, lesbians are not just people who are even gay men. They're... They're not just people who have been burned one too many times by the opposite sex. They've been cultured to believe that they can just be with who they want to be with. Um, But then I was like, and what you're saying about this person does not build them up or point them towards Christ. If anything else, you're just tearing them down. If that's true, if they have been burned by a person one too many times then all you're doing is reminding them of their hurt. You're not building them up. And I was like, you got to speak life, dude. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a Christian, you got to speak life. Your main goal is not to defend your pride as a man. It's to reflect Christ and to point this person to Christ. And so, like, we've got to set our pride away or aside. We've got to set our other goals aside when it comes to Christ, we've got to seek first the kingdom. And so that's what I feel like we have to guard our hearts for. And that's what I really think this proverb is talking about. Um, But yeah, sorry for that little rant. Uh, Anybody have anything else they want to share before we close out? Sweet. All right. Well, uh, so in this next episode, We are going to be talking about uprooting the weeds within our heart and within others' hearts. Uh, So we will see you next week. Thanks for joining the show.